For RCRTV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we take a look at all things DAS, Wi-Fi, small cell, and much more. Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Welcome back to HetNet Happenings. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to take a look at that intersection between cellular and Wi-Fi, the work that's going on in softening that edge between the two technologies, we're also going to talk about how Wi-Fi fits into the 5G equation. That's all coming up with our guest Lonnie Schilling, the CEO of BirdStep Technology. But first, I wanted to frame this issue just a little bit. Wi-Fi is something that we all use every day. It's definitely been a transformative technology that I'll, uh, I'll mention just celebrate the uh, 25th anniversary of its standardization. Uh, that, of course, is the IEEE 802.11 standard, which turned 25. And as the industry moves towards uh, network convergence and sort of mastering that relationship between cellular and Wi-Fi, it's really turning into a, an interesting and nuanced topic. A lot of it falls under the purview of LTEU, which is essentially running cellular in the unlicensed spectrum that Wi-Fi uses. Proponents say LTEU is going to make for a better end-user experience and then set the stage for even more cutting-edge tech like Wi-Fi LTE aggregation. But then on the other hand, you have opponents that say LTEU will interfere with Wi-Fi, so that's uh, quite a debate and it's something we cover regularly here at RCR. But debate aside, Qualcomm's really the driving force behind LTEU from a tech perspective. Matter of fact, just this week they put out the specs on their latest chipset, the Snapdragon 820, which is also coupled with a really powerful cellular modem. For a full rundown on that announcement, we've got a story up on the website that you can uh, get you up to speed on all of the technical specifications. But for the purposes of this, Qualcomm designed that chip to support LTEU. So it's, uh, I think, pretty reasonable to infer that they think that this is something that's going to make a big splash in the near future. Meanwhile, companies like BirdStep and many others are working on the software end of that problem goal here is for you or me, the end user, to be using our smart device and just sort of swim, seamlessly switch between cellular or Wi-Fi depending on various criteria, first and foremost of which is quality of experience. You've all seen the very competitive nature of U.S. carriers constantly one-upping each other with offers, promotions, incentives. So we live in a world where it is very easy and you're regularly encouraged to change service providers. So when that's the case, carriers have to really be focused on customer experience. That's the space that BirdSteps focused on, and that's what Lonnie and I are going to discuss today. So with that, let's take a look at that interview. As we get started, could you uh, familiarize our viewers with uh, the type of work that BirdStep technology does? Yeah, Sean, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, so BirdStep, um, BirdStep, we've been around since 1996, and we've been focusing uh, entirely on, on mobility solutions uh, for operators. And over the years, we've become quite familiar with some of the challenges and concerns that operators have on a going forward basis. And we've been very fortunate in such that 
we've been well positioned with some, some customers that allows us to gain insights into some of their future challenges as they perceive them and allows us to work very closely with them to, to, to address those needs and those challenges. And where we are today is we're sitting at this intersection of where um, cellular technologies meet Wi-Fi technologies. Here too, we've been involved for a number of years working with operators who have been in various stages of strategizing and ultimately deploying Wi-Fi technology uh, for a number of reasons, but mainly to augment their cellular infrastructures uh, to provide their customers better service, whether it's you know, increased capacity, whether it's increased uh, reach, uh, densities, indoor coverage. The reasons are they're multiple, but we've been sitting here and in, in, in very much involved in this space for quite a few years. So we're working with operators at this intersection point of cellular and Wi-Fi and working with them to create solutions for their customers, for, for the consumers, to have a, a much more positive, better user experience, something we call experience continuity when you're using these technologies. Um, we provide the necessary technologies that allow a consumer to use Wi-Fi much the way they, they do a cellular service. It's transparent, it is seamless, it is zero touch, and the quality is of a, a, a much higher level for them. Yeah, it seems like we're really seeing uh, as the service provider market gets more competitive, just a more and more emphasis on UX, on that quality of the end user experience. I know that's something that, that Birdstep is very much focused on. So uh, generally speaking, Lonnie, uh, why is user experience central to maintaining a competitive edge? Well, that's an excellent question, actually. And if you think about I'm going to answer this from the perspective of we providing this technology and these solutions to our operator customers who then in turn bring this to the consumers. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting because today we're in this era, this age of personalization. When it comes to telecoms, telecoms are striving to provide very personalized services. And there's, there's, there's a good reason for that. Um, Churn is a major issue for, for operators today. Um, it's, and it's, it's quite interesting. If you look back at this technology, when it was first being introduced into the industry and the market, it was really, there was really two driving motivations. One was um, to increase capacity in aggregate, to augment the capacity in the cellular networks where they were, there was contention. Uh, the second was very much around churn reduction. And that was, uh, those being those motiv the, 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 uh, the motivations for the operators to roll out this technology, um, it's, it's, it's very interesting going forward that today with churn so easy in this industry, so easy for a consumer to, to move from one operator to the next, operators are striving to personalize their services and they're, 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 they're focusing very much on a very high level user experience, in essence, to keep that, that consumer happy, satisfied, and giving them a perception of value to the service to reduce that churn. And our focus is to make that user experience as high and, and, and good as we can. We talk about experience continuity, 
that is a, it's a very simple notion that if the operator is providing to the consumer a Wi-Fi service and a, um, a cellular service, and that there is this notion of switching, selecting those services in real time based on congestion in, in either network, so the quality of those networks, based on maybe the applications that the consumer is running, location, a number of criteria. But when that selection happens, it has to be zero touch to the consumer. In other words, they should not even know it's, it's even happening. They should not have to interact should be absolutely seamless and transparent. And more importantly, and perhaps in my mind, one of the most important characteristics is when that switching is taking forth between cellular and, and, and uh, Wi-Fi, there should be some level of continuity in the user experience of going back and forth to one another. It's one thing to say, yes, the consumer doesn't interact, it simply happens. But the worst thing that can happen is have that network selection move from one from cellular to Wi-Fi, for example, only to find that Wi-Fi network of worser, of, of, of a lesser um, um, capability, and the consumer feels a degradation in that service level. So we strive towards what we call experience continuity. So there's a level of continuity when we're when we're switching back and forth, and we do that through a lot of technologies, ensuring that the quality is there, and that we can ensure a high level of user experience. Yeah, and that leads us right into the uh, smart solution suite that, that BirdStep uh, offers. You mentioned the, uh, the need for uh, smart uh, steering and load balancing and network selection, particularly at this uh, confluence of cellular and Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell us from uh, the user end and then also from the service provider end what BirdStep's smart solution suite will enable in that space. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so we've touched on some of the capabilities for the consumer. And again, our goal is to is to make that environment as as cellular like as from a from an experience perspective, as cellular like as we can. Um, and we do that by again managing the experience on the handset that the consumer is going to have when they're moving from cellular to Wi-Fi. And we do that in a way that, again, first of all, the consumer has no participation in that. It's, it's absolutely transparent to that. It's happening in the background, um, and it happens in real time. We're measuring the quality of all of the networks that we see from that device so that we understand which networks have you know, very good quality, which networks have very poor quality. And we can make these network selection decisions based on that criteria. So we manage all those credentials for the consumers. So, you know, how frequently have you tried to use a Wi-Fi network only to think, what was that SSID again? What were those login credentials again? I just don't remember. We manage all that for the consumer and take that burden away to make it very, very simple. So again, making the whole handoff process, zero touch, transparent, the credential management, consumer don't have to worry about it. it's all automated and run in the background, understanding the network quality, all of that gives the consumer a much higher user experience, a much higher satisfaction with the service that they're receiving from their operator, that there is a perception of value to what the service provider is providing to them.
Now, if we move over to the operator, this is where it gets very, very interesting as well. And, you know, again, I touched on it a, a moment ago where in this industry, when, when this whole notion started back then, we were calling it Wi-Fi offload. And we've, we've moved on a long way from there where Wi-Fi offload is really but just a use case today. There's a number of use cases. And churn continues to be a, a big piece of this. Um, augmenting the cellular network continues to be a big piece of this. But we're also beginning to come to a point where the network groups themselves are looking for better traffic management capabilities and the ability to steer traffic. So by tying our technology into the core network, what we're doing for the operators now is we're, we're creating rules that understand the contention, congestion, and quality inside the cellular network so they can set rules that say, under these conditions, steer away from cellular, or under these conditions, steer away from Wi-Fi. So I may, I may be moving into a cell site that is of degraded capability, poor quality at this moment. Our software understands that, sees that, and can begin to steer traffic away from that cell site onto the Wi-Fi network, allowing the A, that cell site to be worked on and managed and not further under contention, most importantly, ensuring that that consumer is not now burdened by a congested cell site or a congested Wi-Fi access point for that matter. And a lot of this turns into cost reductions for the operator. We have real world examples, real customer examples, where we're saving our customers hundreds of millions of dollars by very intelligently moving traffic away from cellular onto a lower cost asset, Wi-Fi, maintaining the consumer experience so the consumer is not getting a degraded service, and then uh, passing that benefit onto the, onto the operator in cost savings. Um, we've got, again, a real world example of an operator, uh, they're getting 127X return on the investment that they're making wow. into our technology. So it's very, very tangible and it's very significant to the operator. Okay, so Lonnie, when we discuss these heterogeneous network experiences, we're talking about cellular and we're talking about Wi-Fi, and uh, increasingly we're seeing the addition of, of small cells, which have been sort of right in the background for years and now are really starting to be deployed in a large scale by big carriers. So as we increase the complexity of these networks, uh, Tell me a little bit about the importance of coming up with an optimization strategy to see how all those pieces are going to fit together. That's an excellent question. Um, you know, certainly I think one of the interesting things that, that operators are beginning to realize is with, with our software, and again, we are, we're, we're pretty much a, um, a client-server type of architecture. Um, we've got software on the device itself. With our software on the device and something, you know, very integral to everything we do is data collection on that device and the ability to run analytics on that. By doing this, by having our software on all the, all the operators' uh, devices, for all intents and purposes, you turn that device into a probe. So as that device is moving through the network, on the network, off the network, we understand, we see in real time, 
the quality of all those networks. We can see when those networks are performing very, very well. We can see where those networks are performing very, very poorly. We can also see areas where, for example, that consumer might move out of a cell site where there is Wi-Fi and they're still consuming great amounts of data, which would be insights into the operator of perhaps expanding into a new area. So by turning the devices into probes, we have the data to show the operator um, the current condition of their network and perhaps areas for future planning. Now, in addition to this, we visualize this for the operator in a heat map, in a real-time heat map that shows them their entire network, all of their cell sites, but all of the Wi-Fi as well. The tools the operators have in the core networks today are very, very good at monitoring and managing their cellular networks, but they've, they've never been built to monitor and manage the Wi-Fi networks. We bring both of that together by pr providing these, these probes, these device probes, and also the, the, the ability to visual, visualize that in a heat map to show them what's the condition of their networks, and also for planning purposes, where should they be focusing on planning? And that's becoming a very important tool for our customers when they are starting to develop strategies around their small cell deployments. That's precisely where it's being used. Yeah, that's a very uh, interesting space to me, uh, particularly when you consider uh, you know, the immediate benefit of network densification to our LTE networks, but also the centrality of ultra-dense metro networks to an ultimate 5G standard. I have to assume as, as fiber access and as uh, you know, municipal concurrence gets more complex, having these sort of real-time analytics-based heat maps is really the only way that you can monitor your, your ROI as you're undertaking these deployments. I agree entirely. And, you know, it's, again, we, we come into, if indeed you, you buy into the belief that seller is a finite, you know, the spectrum is a finite resource, it's a finite asset, and that today, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years, but today, really the only way to augment that capacity is through Wi-Fi technology. Now, we're seeing a densification through uh, small cell architectures, and a lot of that small cell will be comprised of multiple radio, multiple um, RF carriers, both on the cellular side and on the Wi-Fi side, but bringing into tools that allow the operator to see that entire um, uh, footprint is going to be of value. Now, there was an interesting study that came out from the FCC in the United States saying that beginning in 2013, we had a deficit in the United States of about 90 megahertz of capacity. In 2014, that deficit went to 275 megahertz. And that's based on data growth with the finite capacity we have in spectrum. Now, if you extrapolate that and work that way, work your way through that, by about 2018, you're getting to near 1,000 megahertz of deficit, of deficit in capacity. And that's even taking into account reforming of some of the spectrum that's going on. So we fundamentally believe and firmly believe that Wi-Fi is going to be an asset that the operator deploys to address a number of use cases and business models. Again, augmenting capacity, um, reducing cost, 
uh, reducing churn, launching new applications, making new applications viable through this whole IoT space that's coming about. So yes, we fundamentally believe that the technology we're bringing to bear today is going to be very, very relevant, not only to, with today's 3G, 4G, but particularly going, to, uh, going forward towards 5G when you, you bring in all these new use cases into the 5G model. Yeah, Lonnie, and, and you hit on something that I'm really interested in, and we haven't gotten a lot of feedback from our community yet on this topic, but uh, this whole intersection of Wi-Fi, 5G, and the Internet of Things, I guess I'm, I'm curious, and this is a speculative question, granted, but if we, if we look down the road to where 5G is as pervasive as LTE is today, is there still a place for Wi-Fi in that network? or Because I'm envisioning you know, a future where everything in my house is connected. And so the business models will have to change dramatically because I'm not going to pay Verizon based on current rates to connect my shoes to the internet or anything. But right. once all that's happened and it's just pervasive and affordable, what is Wi-Fi's place in that sort of network environment? You know, you bring up a very interesting point, and I think that there's, 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 there's a few aspects to this. I mean, first and foremost, I, I, the greatest challenge is going to be spectrum. Um, now, we also have to back up and realize that, you know, as 5G continues to get defined, um, we really don't know yet a lot about, you know, will ultimately new... Um, you know, new modulation schemes come about. Um, will 5G be much more about the, the consolidation and the use of multiple um, network and bearer types? Um, and to what degree will the impact of new use cases like IoT, uh, you know, connected car, connected home, wearable devices, smart industries, um, you know, smart cities, what's the impact going to be on all of that connectivity. And, and, and I think that the reality is, at least in today's understanding of what 5G is and what it could be, it can't answer all of those problems. Um, whether, there's, you know, whether there's lacking spectrum, whether there's lacking reach, whether there's lacking densities, um, the whole issue of indoor-outdoor coverage, and very importantly, the whole issue of cost. The cost of deploying, even if, even if we had spectrum, the cost of the spectrum would be, I think, so difficult to justify in, to, using your example, to connect your shoes and your refrigerator and everything else, it is very difficult for the operator to, de to develop business models that make sense, allowing him to address those, those, those use cases. That's where I think Wi-Fi is going to have a very strong position in this whole 5G scope. And again, not knowing you know, whether 5G is going to have new modulation or not, but just the understanding of the HetNet proposition where we are today with small cells, multiple bearer types, Wi-Fi in there, indoor-outdoor coverage, new use cases, any way to monetize. I don't see any other way around those challenges other than exploiting the capabilities, the reach, reliability of cellular with the density, the speed, and the cost of Wi-Fi. You bring those two together, if you can figure out a way to bring those two together and provide experience continuity, 
you've got a winning proposition. You heard it, folks. It's all about that user experience. Carriers looking to beat churn need to be thinking about how to provide the best possible quality of service. Big thank you to Lonnie Schilling from Birdstep Technology for joining us on HetNet Happenings to take a look at that. And for the latest in telecom and ICT news, please visit rcrwireless.com. Maybe even sign up for our daily newsletter to get the latest and greatest delivered straight to your inbox. For lots of great multimedia content, including past episodes of this show, check out the RCR TV website as well as our YouTube channel. I want to thank the folks at home for tuning in, and we'll see you back here next week for HetNet Happenings. HetNet Happenings is a production of RCR TV. To reach Sean Kinney or to suggest a show topic for HetNet Happenings, you can reach Sean at skinney at rcrwireless.com. On Twitter at Sean Kinney RCR. To find out more about the latest in HetNet and all things wireless, dig into rcrwireless.com.